As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Good day from New Zealand. My name is Stephen Jones. I'm starting with a public service announcement. There is no way any England player from the Argentine tour could in a million years have been brought to New Zealand with the Lions in time for the only training session before the midweek game against the Waikato Chiefs. There's no way they could have given them any more notice because they didn't know what players they wanted till last Thursday. No one in this Lions team, including the players, or the coaches have devalued the lion's shirt in any way. In fact, they have gilded it. For those at home fixated on minor little country or John Bull problems, the blame and the devaluation of the jersey lies with those who fixed this ridiculous itinerary, the clubs at home, and all those people who fail to recognise the majesty of the greatest team of all. Thank you. We now start the Ruck podcast. We're in our downtown Hamilton studios. Uh, I'm very, very close to the Lions. I'm with Stuart Barnes, Peter O'Reilly and Owen Slot. And uh, Owen, we're actually staying with the Lions now. We're sharing a hotel. We see them in the lift and in the gym. Special, isn't it? We feel close to it. The, just, just along the corridor is the, is the uh, nerve centre of, of Lions Communications. Well, that's funny because we're at, in the nerve centre of Times Communications now. Yeah, yeah, we're all very close. I've been in the lift with the, the manager, John Spencer, with the, um, with the coach, Warren Gatland, and with Tommy Seymour, who had a very, very long look on his face. Do you think that's significant or has he just got a long face? I think it's because he's he's probably has the award for worst tour so far. Right, OK. Well, that's that's a bit harsh. Stuart, just before we discuss the uh, to, to, to rugby, what are your impressions of Hamilton? Are we talking about Tom, the journalist, or no, 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 Hamilton, no. The, the town? The fair city of Hamilton. Well, first of all, I think you judge a city by its restaurants. And uh, a number of us were out last night on a Sunday night and we found an absolutely splendid bistro. So I'd give Hamilton 8 out of 10 for that. The river walk is quite nice. The mighty Waikato River wends its way through the city. Sky City, where you can go for a gamble, is a little bit naff, and I don't do that anymore. So, um, And the stadium itself, 26,000, 27,000. It's not the biggest stadium, but it's very atmospheric. When I used to play here, it was about a 2 out of 10. But as I get older and my desires change, I'm giving it... Six and a half. And the Rocky Horror Picture Show was written here, wasn't it? Was that right? No, it was. There's a statue just down the main street. Pete, that must be your era. 
Uh, I never actually saw that movie, I'm afraid. I mean, it is my ear, all right, but uh, I haven't seen the statue either, so you've caught me off guard there slightly. I don't really see Hamilton as a cultural hotspot, I'd have to say. <laughs> Not too many architectural <laughs> gems, but uh, in terms of the welcome that we're getting and also the grub, as uh, Bronzy says, it's, uh, it's doing all right. The, the, it was a very fine restaurant, Peter. You were there. There was a, a bit of a blow at the end, though, when we got the bill. <laughs> do, you, do you see any problem in getting this through expenses? No, well, I think we've cleared that up already, and, and your, your question answers it itself, I think. So. OK, fine. Thank you very much. We won't be putting that in then, and we'll go off, go off for pie and chips in a minute. Uh, tomorrow, the Lions play um, in the Waikato Stadium against the Chiefs. Chiefs team denuded by calls from the All Blacks. The team, if you haven't heard it, and you must have by now, is, because I've said it four times, is Liam Williams, Elliot Daly, Robbie Henshaw, Jared Payne, Jack Knoll, Dan Bigger, Greg or Grieg Laidlaw, Joe Marler, Rory Best, Dan Cole, Ian Henderson, Courtney Laws, James Haskell, CJ Stander and Justin Tipperick. Uh, Pete, um, not a bad side, but quite a few people in this uh, would be see- thinking at the moment they haven't had the great tour. And you would hope that the likes of, for instance, Henshaw, uh, Liam Williams, perhaps um, CJ Stander would be thinking, blimey, I've really got to do something this time. Yeah, I think the players have you know, conceded that once you're in the Tuesday side on, on, in Test Match Week, that you're not really uh, don't have much of a chance of starting the test. You might get on the bench with a good performance and perhaps an injury or two. And that what you can do, however, is you can uh, persuade the coaches that you might be an option for the for the tests two and three. Uh, as Warren Gatlin keeps telling us, there were nine changes, I think, between tests one and three four years ago in Australia. So someone like Henshaw, you mentioned him, I think he's been a little bit unfortunate on this tour in his, in his opportunities. He's got, a, he's got a good opportunity, given that he's also playing alongside Jared Payne, he's played international rugby with, so he's in a combo that, that he knows. So um, there is a lot riding on this, even though the Chiefs, I'm kind of slightly disappointingly, haven't, they're not at full strength. Um, the, 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 for me, Courtney Laws has been playing out of his skin, very, very unfortunate. I think Henshaw, maybe, uh, do you think PD hasn't had the opportunity? He's not looked anything like the player he can be to me, but Stuart? Well, the other thing, Lions tools are about luck, aren't they? I mean, Ben Teo, I think we'd all agree, has been one of the standout players for the Lions. But Ben played against a, a semi-professional team. Uh, he was then part of a very powerful Lions team against a naive Crusaders team and a married side that were awfully disorganised. Now, if he's not a Worcester player, therefore there's no doubt danger of him being involved in playoffs, anything. He's with them all the way through, so he starts the game. If you join the party later, you start playing the second game. Suddenly, Ben Teo's first game for the Lions is against Sonny Bill Williams. Who knows what happens there? The next week, he's against uh, Malachi Fekatoa. Who knows what happens there? We'll find out Saturday, but he's got the rub of the green, whereas Henshaw has had to go out against these big guns mm. and perform. And, you know, luck does play a part. So. Owen, oh, uh, who are you looking forward to seeing tomorrow? Who, for you, on the Lions team... Uh deserves a chance and, and deserves a break. I think Elliot Daly is one is one guy who, as Barnsley says, hasn't has the rubber, the green has been a bit unfortunate and Gatlin even concedes that himself. I th- I think that um I think that there are two players, Elliot Daly and Liam Williams, uh, because of the position they play and could could still play a lot, a reasonable part in Tuesday's game and if they re- and they really excel then they could flag themselves up for Saturday I think it's unlikely but I don't think you'll see someone from the packs um, doubling up I think it's only in positions like that where you can do so what about, what about Dan Cole though I see you know he's he's starting does that mean he isn't in the 23 for Saturday 
I, I, I would assume so. I think it's... Uh, you, you've got to bring him off after, like, 30 minutes or something. I mean, we, we talk about bench, we talk about impact. Uh, impact isn't one of Dan's bigger words, is it, really? What about, what about having backup, though, for you? You've got a young, tight-head prop yeah. starting in Furlong, and you have this situation where Furlong gets Sinclair. injured in the, in the first mm. half, and you've got Kyle Sinclair to play, say, more than half of, the, of a test match against I, the All Blacks? I agree with that, but the problem is, to beat this All Blacks team... At some stage, you're going to have to gamble. We can't go, what if, what if, and take no risks. We take no risks, we're going to lose this. And on that subject, we were talking, Slotty, uh, pre-pod, about Courtney Laws. And I, th- I agree with Steve. I think he's been one of the Lions' best players the time he has been on the pitch. And I think there is a possibility, if he has a monumental 50 minutes, he could find himself on the bench covering second row and back row. And Alan Wynne-Jones could find himself missing out. And I think that he's the bloke, all others tomorrow, I'm really looking forward to seeing because oh. he, he's playing superbly. Oh, and um, what do you think it's a shame that uh, when we came back into the hotel last night, um, we ran into Warren Gatland um, and had a very, very pleasant social chat. He, he told us about 147 gems that, as it was off the record, we can't use. Do you think it would be a shame we can't share those with our podcast listeners? Well, let's, let's go. I wasn't told it was off the record, actually. I put it all in tomorrow's paper anyway. <laughs> OK. Now, um, I think I may have been heavy-handed at the start by denying you the opportunity to even speak about the... Um, uh, the incoming players, etc., and all that controversy. Well, I'm going to maintain that stance and move on to the Chiefs. Um, well, hang on a second, hang on a second. Oh, sorry. You, you've been banging on about the devalued shirt, which isn't devalued, and no word for the shorts or the socks. Okay, well, I, I, I don't think he said that it hadn't been devalued. He said that the devaluation wasn't carried out by the, by the coaches, it was by the people who had set up the itinerary. I think I, I would say, think that the jersey has been devalued slightly but that the more you listen to the people who were involved in the logistics of the situation the more you realise that there was no real alternative and that apart from Eddie Jones the other coaches the Scotland coach and the Ireland coach understood the situation and that and that the likes of someone like for example Keane Healy who you know arguably could have travelled down probably would have preferred to stay and play a test match rather than come in at the last minute and sit on the bench Yes, Lottie. This is one of the most contentious things that's happened on this line, so arguably the most contentious. And here we are, four four of us, and I'm getting the impression that we possibly all agree, which is just a disaster. I mean, it's the way... Hang on. Well, you can't change because you're, oh, no, you, you're in your position. You're not allowed to move. And the way I see it is, is people say it's a slur against tradition, but tradition doesn't work anymore. So that's how I have had to change things. Barnsley, tell us you disagree and you think it's devalued the shorts. Ah, uh, the shorts too. No, I think that we haven't mentioned the World Cup, and in this day and age, the World Cup is critically important. And Eddie Jones is delighted that Joe Launchbury isn't going. Um, you know, these are still really important tours for Ireland, for England, for Scotland, um, maybe not quite so much for Wales, who weren't very good against Tonga, but they're critical, and it's got to get the balance right. And if you take out three or four Englishmen from Argentina or three or four Irishmen, you know, that's tough on Eddie Jones and Joe Smith. There's a sort of a an eco-balance to the game, isn't there? There is, yeah. I think it's fair to say that the optics aren't good. You know, there was a few people saying... For example, when we heard the news on, on Saturday, quite a few people in the press box were asking, who exactly is Corey Hill and who does he play for? So I, there is a, an optics issue, which Warren Gatland, I think, acknowledged. Um, but also, he's, he's made it pretty clear that he didn't really have any option. 
I think the um, s- s- sadly the the big mistake here is just in the communications of this whole thing. If they'd sold it to us properly or sold it to to the the the, the, the Lions world out there two months ago and said we don't think Lions tours work in their current form and this is how we're going to address it this time, then people would have understood. But the fact is, it was dropped on everyone and it was it was just abysmally thought through. Communications wise, you know, it's been hijacked, hasn't it? Steve Hansen got wind of it, and Hansen played it in a way that was very uh, derogatory. And he actually set the tempo for it, and, and New Zealand are very good for setting the PR tempo for things. And I think he came out and said, it's devalued, blah, 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 and he said Gatlin's been keeping it hidden, and suddenly it was knee-jerk reaction. So credit to Hansen in the uh, PR war, he, he struck a little blow. But I, you know, the Lions go well in this series, no-one will remember it, and, and that is a fact. You, you are were a lion, so, so you could answer this. But, but there, there seem, people seem to think that this charming tradition of, of the of the of the late arrivals on the tour, so Billy Twelvedries or Christian Wade or whatever. If you if you dug out Joe Launchbury from Argentina and said you're going to come to the Lions tour and you're going to be there, possibly to sit on the bench, maybe get five minutes and two midweek games, and you're still the number six lock because there's, you're not an injury replacement, you're just no. the number six. Is that a tradition that that should be upheld? And would would Joe say, "Yeah, I, I, get me out of Argentina. I just want to sit on the bench against the Chiefs." I don't think it's a be-all and end-all situation now. For someone like Joe Launchbury, you said the biggest achievement in your life. What would it be? He'd be winning the World Cup in Japan. Now, what would be close would be getting selected for the Lions and playing Test rugby. But I think there is a discrepancy between being amongst the 410 blokes initially picked for a team and being the next 6, 8, 10 who come along. There, there, there is a gap there. Players understand it, but because they're professionals, because they realise they all have a role to do, they get on with it. There's none of this cold shouldering of other players who arrive on the scene. But there is an awareness, I think, that this day when you go and get your kit, that's like a bonding day for the Lions. And, and you feel you are, the, 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 in a way, the true Lions, unless someone comes on like Ryan Jones in 2005 and was exceptional. Don't forget there was the Welsh scrum half, Alan Lewis, who uh, went on the Lions tour, never played. He got there two days before the test match um, and uh, apparently he gave it a real bash for 48 hours because he said, I've got to cram cram all my tour into 48 hours. So he did all the -the off-the-field bits, but they didn't actually play. So uh, there we go. Um, I think that's enough of that. And I really, really think the Lions are under so much pressure down here. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The last thing they want is being knifed in the back by their own back in the UK. I really do. I think it's shocking. Anyway, on that light note, Panty, um, the Waikato Chiefs... Uh, Unfamiliar, but who should, who should we still be looking for? Well, everyone knows uh, the Beaver, Stephen Donald, still a national hero in New Zealand, something of a laughing stock in Bath. Oh, goat. Yeah, thir- 35 years of age. Um, the man who kicked the penalty that secured New Zealand a World Cup in 2011. A lot of people love him. They love him in this part of the world. Uh, like I say, there's a lot of people think he's not a great player. Um, he's the captain. Uh, Dominic Bird is a very important player. I felt the Lions weren't given a test up front uh, against the Maori. Bird's a really good guy. Six foot nine, second row. He's athletic. He's a retallic type player. He's very good, very good player indeed. And he's keep, a big bird then. He's a very big, big bird. bird. He's a big okay. bird. And we got a, we got a quick we got, and we've got a quick bird as well in uh, in Pulu, the left winger, reputed okay. to be the fastest winger in New Zealand. Pete, what are we what are we looking for from from this game? What are we looking for from the Lions tomorrow? Um, we're looking for a win because I think uh, although it's it doesn't seem very important in comparison to the test match that's coming and the the sea of red when we get down to Auckland, uh, it is important for uh, for general morale and also it's important because there's so many guys who will will feel as we said earlier on that they haven't really done themselves justice yet. So it'll keep pressure on the the guys who are picked. Uh, for the test match, and uh, it'll generally just keep it'll keep the the bandwagon going. Owen, what what were you expecting tomorrow against the against the Chiefs? I think there's a lot of lions who are very good lions who who haven't won a game yet, and and that's if that's they don't want to go home with that being their legacy, their memory, their achievement on this tour. I didn't get in the test match, and I lost all my midweek games. So that, I think that's quite a hard a, a big driver. And as Pete said, also if. I mean, there is. It's not a split in the camp, but there is a divide between Saturday and Tuesday teams. And and if the Tuesday team is a not playing test matches, but b losing their midweek games, then then that is a demoralising effect. One thing that uh, we can we can report to everybody as well that um, there was a report by uh, Paul uh, Taybridge disaster, uh, the the uh, Kiwi-based journalist um, that said the Lions were completely disunited, and, and that's absolute rubbish. And anyone's been anywhere near around the Lions will. We'll, we'll, we'll confirm that. Uh, lads, um, I think we're halfway through the tour. Well, some of us are. Peter, already you're 120th through the your tour. But uh, Slotty and Barnsley, we're, we're halfway through. Have you enjoyed it? Uh, yes, this, this is my opportunity to tell you a tale of what I did today. Right. I went to see Sir Colin Meads. 
Uh, he his hometown is uh, an hour and ten minutes south of here, and today um, they had uh, a special Meads Day. The the town Tacuity was was renamed as Meadsville, and um, they unveiled a statue, a uh, magnificent nine foot bronze statue of of Colin Meads carrying the ball. And there was it was a bit like Field of Dreams when the the great old players come out of the mist. And Sid Going appeared, Earl Curtin appeared, Sir Brian Lahore appeared, and there, there was a sort of a cast of greats. And um, uh, Sir Colin is uh, very sick with pancreatic cancer. Uh, his whole family was there. The, the, all the schools in the locality were shut down for the occasion. Um, the, the general population pitched up. There's maybe a thousand people there. It, it was it was a, a lovely, warm, special occasion. And we've been here in New Zealand and we, we've liked lots of it and there's been bits that have got on our nerves like mad about the way they treat their rugby here. And, and just seeing that today just felt just wonderful, a wonderful reflection on rugby of yore. Well done. Uh, I totally agree with that. I think Colin Meads is one of those people who kind of almost his image almost transcends it, Stuart, like bit like Tiger Woods in golf, etc. Uh, if in a way for me as a kid, he epitomised everything they stood for. Well, you talk about lions and you talk about New Zealanders and you think New Zealand, you think Willie John McBride and you think Colin Meads and. He does transcend it because you know he's a statue of this bloke. And what was he? He was a big, hard, nasty bastard. You know, he was not a pretty bloke to play against. He was he was a tough bloke, and he did some pretty bad things in the days when uh, handbags were allowed in rugby. Um, Ken Catchpole being a recipient. Yes, Ken Catchpole being a recipient indeed. So, it's it's a reminder of the traditions of the game, and it's a reminder also that that rugby is fast and it's slick and it's beautifully marketed, but it's a hard man's game as well, and we mustn't forget that. Um, can I mention my happy moment? Yes, of course you can. Uh, like Owen, it was an uplifting one. Uh, Saturday morning, Lions fans, uh, Mary fans came together. 7,700 people broke the world record for the biggest haircut in the history of the planet, beating, first of all, France, who claimed it, and then Masterton. Um, and I was one of the 7,700 people, along with my colleague, Sean Fitzpatrick, so I'm a world record holder. The only terrible news is, Steve, that later on in the day, I found out that you're not going to believe this. Going through my uh, family tree, I'm not one-eighth Maori. It was an absolute mistake. The Tilbury, Tilbury tribe did not exist, so I'm not Maori at all. Never. No. Wow. Didn't, do you know what? I didn't. No. I, I'm staggered so, by that. This is, so this is, we're actually breaking news on this podcast as well. I'm not a Maori, no. Didn't get the tattoo done, thank God. Do you know, this old child has been the bloody world record hacker for Maoris, and they'd <laughs> like it. Uh, the only one I actually enjoyed was the Maoris doing the hacker, because they're the only ones who do it because it's their heritage yeah. rather than it's in their contract. He Pete's claiming he's not here, been here long enough, but we want your highlight to date. My highlight... Ooh, well... I was, I was kind of, last night, wasn't it? Well, yes. The, That's the name of a bar rather than anything his wife doesn't want to know about. There was a hacker performed in, in shenanigans last night also, but we can't really reveal the identity of the, uh, of the hacker master. Uh, I, I was amused by uh, the photograph of uh, Charlotte Church uh, in a lion's top, all muscle-bound, uh, as if she was part of the party. She was in another edition uh, to the tour party, um, another Welsh addition to the tour party, and I just thought it brought a little bit of humour to what has been, as we know, a hotly debated topic.
minutes. Okay, well, um, we're just going to wind up now. I think uh, tour is entering a different phase because there's going to be tens of thousands of people coming down this weekend to support the Lions. There'd be some great hardy souls who've been here from the very start, far more than any other tour I can mm. remember. So friends, colleagues, people on the trip of a lifetime, brothers and sisters, etc., will be coming down and good, you know, good luck to them, wishing them all a brilliant trip. And uh, many of my friends and our friends are amongst them, so um, looking forward to seeing them too. So uh gets white hot from now on, Peter. It does. And one thing that strikes me is that we, we haven't actually mentioned what we think the team is going to be. That's going to be announced on, on Wednesday morning, the test team. Uh, judging by what Barnsley said earlier, earlier on, he's kind of taking it as read that Benteo is going to play in the... Um, in the number 12 jersey, which has been a huge talking point. It's in print, it must be fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think he will be, yeah. OK, and what do you, what do you see as being, being the team then, the test team? Is it pretty much, it's pretty much uh, very close to what, what was played but, against the Maori? Listen, the, the, the Crusader Maori pack was the template for it, and I think Itoje has played his way in because he was exceptional, so that's your pack. Um, Farrell, if he's fit, well, he is fit. Farrell and Murray was always going to be the 9 and 10. I, I think it was a dream to look at the other one. It's an option if things are going wrong, but I think Sexton Farrell is only an option. I think the Lions will play a power game, therefore, you need two powerful runners who run hard, straight lines. Tia and, and Jonathan Davis are the men there. I would love to see Watson at full back, but I don't think they're going to have the courage quite to do that. They're going to go half penny, uh, who will be the kicker, and then I think it's going to be Watson and the awfully out of form George North. But like I said earlier, to beat the All Blacks, you have to take the odd risk, and George North at the moment looks like a risk, but I'd take it. Peter, um, what's the view from the uh, Leinster suburbs, would you say? <laughs> about the front row. About the number 10, I should say. About the number 10. Well, I just, I'll, I'll put something to you that uh, Benteo has played, he started one test match in his career, that was at outside centre against Italy uh, the outside half that day was George Ford, it wasn't a particularly good England performance either, so we're talking about putting him into a situation where he's playing a test match against the All Blacks never having played outside Owen Farrell in a, in a match of consequence is he a sort of a Paul Wallace one of these guys who can come in from a position of relative obscurity and play three test matches for the Lions? Slotty, that could be the first time Paul Wallace has ever been compared to Ben Teo, but what's your your team? I think the team will be largely, as Barnsley said, the the change... Well, I don't believe in George North uh, on the wing, but I think he'll go with that. What I would love to see... um, uh, would be a, a better use of the locks. It seems to me that the, our second rowers are, are the most informed players as a group on this tour. And um, you've mentioned it before, Steve, but I would like to see uh, Alan Wynne Jones playing with George Cruz in the second row and Marrow used on the uh, on the flank. I think we've got. I think there's too much quality to to leave one out. Honestly, Owen, how can you put Marrow Atoje on the flank against the All Blacks? It this is not him playing under 20 rugby or the odd club game for Saracens this is another world, he's still a youngster you have to play him in the position he's used to, he'll play like a back rower anyway in the second row but he will get exposed if he sit, if he packs down, you've got to remember when he played six for England, Courtney Laws was always in the blind side position Maruatoje has always packed down, no matter what number he's worn for England as a second row, he just doesn't have the experience, that's a risk too far even for me. Now, he was only in the, in that position because Courtney Laws' shoulder wasn't deemed to be mm. well up for scrimmaging. Last night I said to Mr Gatland in an off-the-record conversation, <laughs> why did you, would you, had, you, had your time over again, would you have run Maru 
Howard Toji on the blind side. And there was an unmistakable gleam in, in his eye. And I think it's a big mistake. You, they haven't got their best forwards out there. Marrow, he's 20, 21. We've been saying that for ages. We, when he was 19, we said he's never going to do it. He has never, ever failed a challenge in any jersey. And we've lost a chance to really take it to them on a blindside flank. We're just going to end now. Um, there is some spare time for us on the tour. I have to say it's not very much. I'd like to thank my friend Debbie from home who, who sent me a text saying, are you having a nice holiday? <laughs> very uh, slightly iffy. That I got a bit pissed off with that, really. But everyone reads on these trips, on flights on, or in bed or whatever. So, uh, Slotty, what's the best book you've read here on the Lions tour? Uh, I find it quite hard to to sustain um, uh, literature, particularly on this tour, because um, we we work all the time and we have no time for fun. And um, so I've been reading short stories in a book called The Moth, um, 50 Extraordinary True Stories. Um, they're by word of mouth um, and they're all by interesting people uh, and I would recommend to anybody. Peter. Um, well, this will sound like I'm, I'm being a bit corporate. I'm actually reading a book by a former colleague of ours, A.A. A. Gill, reading his memoir. You could have mentioned my book. I could, and I will. Oh, what, what's it called again? Uh, it'll be too, too long. There's a library full of them, mate. Well, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's very, very nicely written, uh, if a little bit grim at times, but um, that's what I'm on at the moment. I did, by the way, I spotted uh, a tour book from 1968, Lion's Tour in Jonesy's Room, so I think that's what he's reading at the moment, which is very... Uh, very serious stuff altogether. I'm using it to keep my expenses receipts in, actually. Stuart, what's, uh, what's the literally uh, giant you've been oh, reading? Oh. Well, if Peter's corporate, I'm going to go for the pretentious call. Um, like Slotty, I find it quite difficult at the moment to really get stuck into a big novel and, uh, and keep devouring it. So I'm reading some poetry. It's a, a book called Autumn Wind and an even better one called Harbour Lights by an Irish poet called Derek Mann. First book of Autumn Wind... First poem in Autumn Wind is called Ithaca. It is a wonderful poem. It keeps a man sane, just. Blimey, the old, the old night stained news in a must fly by, Banthy, with you. <laughs> I'm reading <coughs> Uncommon People by one of my favourite rock journalists, David Hepworth, a great, um, always followed him, uh, and uh, he's written a great book about the, the death of celebrity, the aftermath of Prince and uh, David Bowie and all these guys. So, anyway, that's end-to-end uh, -end on a semi-literary note. That's it. Next week, we're going to ask uh, Barnsley to explain more about the Kevin Bagheera story. Uh, he told us <laughs> he told us last night at, his, at a legendary party. We need to know more than that. Uh, thanks for listening to us. This is The Ruck. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, closer and closer to the big test match. 